I've thought about it before because you know theoretically it's like oh, you have to destroy the atoms right, here and then right. reassemble them there, and that the idea of that terrifies me because that is essentially killing you yeah, yeah. and reconstructing a copy of you, and like my consciousness would not continue at that point. So yeah, it's, it's like, someone else who comes out. Exactly. No, it, it, it's legitimately though like an actual like. <sighs> Like, I've thought about that. Like, yeah, ooh, no. sci-fi, ooh, teleportation would be cool. And I'd be like, no, you'll never get me in one of those things. <laughs> and especially since it's the dilemma of, like, no matter what, you would never be able to know for sure yeah. that's not what was happening. It just, nope. But yeah. uh, but anyway, welcome to Creature Crunch. Hey, I was going to say, are you going to introduce us? Or are we just... <laughs> no, we were, talk- we're talking about teleportation, Chris. Yeah. So um, we teleported the intro <laughs> we're teleporting later. Into, yeah, so welcome to Creature Crunch. Uh, the podcast where we take a creature, we throw up on it, slurp him up, and maybe get a monster out of it of some sort. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, my name is Matt. Uh, and I am the first insect politician. So, Chris, what are we watching today? What was This is your pick this yeah, week. Yeah, yeah. We are watching uh, The Fly remake 1986. Starring the one and only Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, starring the Jeff Goldblumid. Uh, as well as Gina Davis and John Getz. And there you have basically the entire cast. Yeah, that was... I was very shocked at the small cast. <laughs> like, Yeah, it's three people. Um, and then four like, if you count, like, the lady at the bar. and Five if you count her guy yeah, friend. <laughs> yeah. Or and six then, if you count the other dude. Yeah, like, it is very tiny. There's a ton of extras, like... Even the the doctor in the dream sequence is played by the director. That's, that's sure. David Cronenberg right there. Yeah, and that's I didn't know that, but yeah, still, I, I didn't either until I started looking into other I, things about this movie. And see, I didn't know a whole lot about this movie. Yeah, but um, so watching it again for you and watching it for mm-hmm. uh, for all intents and purposes, like the first half time for right, me. Right, right. What? What did we think? How did this movie stack up? Oh, I I love this movie. Like I love David Cronenberg as a director, especially when he's doing horror, which unfortunately he's really not doing anymore. Um, but I, I love how visceral and gross he gets. I love his contemplations on flesh versus the machine. Um, I think like, I love David Cronenberg. Uh, Jeff Goldblum is always charismatic. Uh, even if he's kind of a bastard, um, <laughs> he, he's always very charismatic to watch. Gina Davis was great. I don't know anything about John Getz. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, same. He, he played the part perfectly smarmy. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. Um, yeah, like it was, it was good. I mean, mm-hmm. Yeah, it, I I think it it held up. I mean, obviously, it doesn't have a lot of the shock value just because of the. It's one of those things where everything about it has entered the cultural osmosis. Like exactly, the, the, everything so. about it is in the zeitgeist. Yeah, like I mean, Baxter Stockman from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is Jeff Goldblum's The Fly, right. basically, except not melty. Yeah, not so goopy. You, so <laughs> I, there, there was definitely a lot lost there. I'll yeah, have yeah. to say, but it, I mean, it, it still held up. It was mm-hmm. still entertaining, and I think that it really kind of. Is because of the the cast. I'm gonna yes, say, I'm going to say, and the effects. The effects. The really effects good. are unimpeachable. Yeah. So um, also, one thing I, I found out that I did not know is that this movie was produced by Mel Brooks. Yeah, I saw that. It, Mel I saw Brooks. That, in your notes. <laughs> that is wild. And like he he really thought that it would be a cool movie. Like he really wanted to, to produce it, but he didn't want his name like anywhere near it because he if. He thought that if people saw it produced by Mel Brooks, they would think it was a comedy or something like that. And he very much wanted to avoid that connotation. Sure. So sure. He, he kept his name basically out of it until the credits. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. It makes sense, though. Because, I mean, yeah, you hear Mel Brooks, it's synonymous with comedy right, and parody. Right. But, so, 
Uh, so yeah, a good movie recommended mm-hmm. if you haven't seen it Very for whatever so. reason. Like I, you know, if you lived under the in that weird space like I did, well, um, a lot of our like if we have younger people listening to this, they may not really know anything about the movie other than what they've heard in right. And I don't even think it's referenced that much anymore, really. No, not like a super most of the stuff that, that we know about it that would have been referenced was in the the late '80s and early '90s, right? Yeah, it's it's not a huge thing anymore because I mean it, at this point it's been done to death, right? So they they were thinking about remaking it around two thousand and six. I can't remember who was attached to it, but they ultimately decided that they couldn't do it better than this version. Now that's an impressive call. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They they had they decided they had nothing to add to it, so they just scrapped it. I'm sure we'll see a remake some point. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like. like at some point, I'm sure Bloomhouse yeah. or somebody will mm-hmm. I'll do something. No doubt. But uh, for right now, we've got The Fly, 1986. The Fly 2, which is not as good as The Fly, but I think it's still worth a watch. Okay. Um, and then there's actually a comic book series that picks up after the second movie. Interesting. Which, I, yeah. I'm going to be honest, I didn't even know there was a second movie. There is, yeah, yeah. So It kind of like throws a little bit of the... It throws a wrench into some of the plot of this movie okay. towards the end. But. Okay. Well, uh, so as always, there are going to be spoilers. Oh, yeah, yeah. There going to be plenty of spoilers in case you haven't seen it and do wish to watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, anything else to, to talk about the movie before we dive into the synopsis, Chris? Uh, Not really. All right, well, I don't then, think so. then uh, hit us off, I guess. All right, well, we open with some sweeping orchestral music that scared my cat. <laughs> um, I was listening to this through the head through my headphones and my cat was on my footrest and it was loud enough that he just jumped like three feet in the air and ran off <laughs> so I, I had to turn it down after that um but we open at after the opening credits we go to a uh like a publicity event for bartok industries like it's like a after party thing well it it, it, it... It was like a, it felt like it was a publicity thing for like a bunch of, yeah, just different yeah. scientists. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and, and, uh, we're established to Goldblum being yep, we, incredibly we, full of himself. Yeah, yeah. He, well, he's like extremely awkward and like, it's less, I think it's less that he's full of himself and more that he's so insular, he's never had anybody to talk to. So the only thing he knows how to talk about is like his ideas. And well, like, I say that because he's like, you know, I'm, my idea is going to change yeah, the yeah. world, and and uh, and uh, oh god, Veronica Frank, Gina uh, Davis, G- Gina Davis. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, sorry. Um, but he, he's talking about how his invention is going. He's working yeah. on something to change the world, and Gina Davis is like, "Well, I've got a lot of people to talk yeah. to. I've got a lot of stories I need to write, or something." And he's just like, "Well, yeah, but they're all lying. None of them are changing the world. I am." And yeah. it's like, "Whoa, okay." <laughs> Sorry, I have three other interviews to do before this party's over. Yeah, but they're not working on something that'll change the world as we know it. They say they are. Yeah, but they're lying. I'm not. Yeah, the thing is, though, like, he's not wrong. <laughs> I don't know. I want to see what all the rest of the scientists have to bring to the table. We don't know. <laughs> I mean, that's true, but... Anyway. Um, and moreover, he's trying to get her to come back to his, his lab slash apartment slash ghostbusters warehouse uh, yeah I, I definitely caught that caught on to that he was hitting on her and doing a very poor job of it yeah yeah well, like, not maybe not a poor job but a very awkward job of it yes everything about him is like very awkward mm-hmm. he's blabbery he's 
has trouble getting his point across. Right. The famous Jeff Goldblum stammer. Right, right. Which I think was, he kind of developed for this character, and that kind of became his more, uh... Almost a... Like a tick. Yeah. Yeah, sure. I mean, it definitely fit with those characters. Yeah, like, so. oh, he's so good in this role. Like, he really is. He's so good in this role. Um, we find out that uh, Jeff Goldblum as Seth Rundle doesn't like to ride in vehicles. Uh, he gets motion sick very easily. He's a bad drunk. <laughs> so he, he brings her to his lab and uh, begins jamming out on the piano. Yeah, that was random. The whole reason the piano was there is because Jeff Goldblum knows how to play the piano. And he wanted it on set so he could calm himself down in between takes, because that's one of the ways he relaxes. And David Cronenberg saw that and was like, okay, we'll throw that in there and just have that as part of Seth's character. That's interesting. There's a lot of that, like, just throw it in in here. Okay. Well, that explains why it felt so random, but... Right, I mean, right. Okay, cool, cool, I dig it. And, uh, so, he jams out on the piano, and then he shows her his pods... <laughs> Which is not the euphemism it sounds like it is. Yeah, I was say, not on the first date, my man. <laughs> yeah. But uh, he is working on a way to teleport items from one pod to another. Mm -hmm. And he demos this by using uh, Veronica stocking. Yeah, like, he asks for something personal right. personal and unique to her. And she takes off her shoe and is like, oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. And then she goes up to her thigh. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> like, no, no, you know, the shoe would have sufficed, I think. Yeah. But... <laughs> But, like, just the way that Goldblum is watching her, you can tell that the two of them were in a relationship at this point. Yeah. They weren't married yet, but they were dating. Yeah. Because they married on the set of their, uh, or during the production of their second movie together. Okay. But they, they definitely were dating at this point. I could I can see that. There's a, there's a lot of chemistry between they them, and they look chemistry. identical. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's a, uh, I don't think that's a quality of most No, couples. but it was a conscious choice by David Cronenberg. To make them look similar. Okay. Um, but Goldblum's hair wasn't actually that poofy. So okay. they had him wear kind of like curly extensions. Sure. And he wanted them to have similar silhouettes. Oh. That way, when Goldblum starts going through his changes, the silhouette changes. There's more of a contrast. There's more of a contrast. Oh. Like, everything is super deliberate in this movie. I mean, that, that can be said about a lot of really mm -hmm. good movies, but... Uh... But, that, I mean, that's just another example of things you just wouldn't think about right, as a viewer. Right, but it makes but, sense. No, it, uh, that's really cool. Um, but, yeah, he teleports the stocking from one pod to the other. We find out that his computer is voice activated, mm -hmm. um, which is a plot point later. Yep. And um, afterwards, Veronica secretly records Seth uh, to try and get some more info for her story. Yeah. But he he learned like she it, it like it shows her put slip into the uh, the tape recorder into and then her it immediately pocket. like but then she yeah then she's like oh wait the tape is out and it's like well then why are you hiding it right like, right it, it felt very strange and then and his reaction was also equally strange to me mm -hmm. because he he freaks out on her he's like you know you can't you can't publish this you can't record this right and it's just like dude you picked up a, a reporter right you know a publicist at a science thing where she was supposed to. Like, what the hell did you expect was going to happen? I, but I, I legit think that the that entire thing was, he didn't think that far ahead. Right. Like, and, he, and he saw someone he was attracted to. I'm going to bring her home, show her my cool stuff, and we'll see what happens after go that. Go to Bone Town. Maybe, yeah. But, yeah, I, and, and I guess now that you, like, kind of putting it into the context of, like, you know, he was tipsy and probably a little drunk, right. that makes a lot more sense. Yeah, But yeah. it was still, it was just like, dude... 
I yeah. No, it's you, why are you surprised that <laughs> anyway? <laughs> um, but yeah, he he shows her the door and tells her that she can't publish on this. She can't write the story, but she goes to her uh, publisher, Stathis Barathon. <laughs> I think is his last name. I can't remember. I know his first name Stathis. Yeah, I don't which like is, this man. <laughs> he's so creepy. I don't. I don't. He's like such this a man. ghoul. <laughs> <laughs> See, I didn't mind him in the first scene. It was the shower scene that the really... shower scene is is gross and like the yeah. <laughs> well, we'll get. I guess we'll get to that. But but yeah, you can. He's he's very smarmy in this he's first a, scene. He's a like, sleaze. Yeah, yeah, very sleazy. Um, he doesn't believe Veronica's tale that you know something teleported from one thing to the other. He says it's a trick, and then uh, Rundle shows up at her office. And is like, hey, come on, let's 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 go get a cheeseburger. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> cheeseburger. Well, yeah. Well, he 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 went there to try to stop her. Right. Was appalled that she went super like she had already told him about it. But then when when Goldblum figured out that Stathis that, didn't believe her, yeah, he was just like, oh, cool, cheeseburger time. <laughs> yeah, let's go to cheeseburger town. And I have to say. That's the most relatable he's been in this movie. <laughs> like, for me, it's just like, oh, what a relief. I need a burger. Yeah. Like, I yeah. get that. I, I feel you on a spiritual level there, my, my dude. Mm-hmm. But um, they have their cheeseburger dinner. <laughs> and Brundle uh, reveals that he can only teleport inanimate objects and that living material doesn't go through very well. Yeah, he says it's like... He, he, he She asks why, and he's like, well... Uh, we should eat first or something right, like that. Yeah. Not while we're eating. <laughs> yeah, it's like, okay, well, that's a that's a gruesome... Right, okay, right. Sure, sure, I get it. I can only teleport inanimate objects. Well, what happens when you try to teleport living things? Not while we're eating. He pitches an idea to her where instead of writing just an article for a magazine, he writes a full... Or she writes a full book about the experiments and the process and end it with Rundle teleporting himself successfully. Right. And she, you know, thinks that's not a bad idea. Yeah, no, that that makes yeah. him, that'd make for a good scientific Right, right. Documentation. So she returns home and this is where we find Stathis in her shower. <laughs> yeah. And then and she's like like because we learned that yeah they were in a relationship. They, yeah. Which is what it is, but I mean it's very clear that they are no longer in a relationship, and he is just trying to keep control over her. Yeah, and it's it. and and I know it's probably a product of the times, but mm-hmm. it's still it's just like oh my god, I hated this guy from this scene. It's no, like he's this guy. So, like, oh, like god. I said, he's a ghoul. Yeah, he's <laughs> awful. I mean, he's try, she's trying to get him out of the apartment, and, and she's trying to get some key back. From yeah, him, and, and he's, he's just like, he's, no, I'm gonna hold on to it. Yeah, he's being, like, aloof, and, uh-huh. like, he, I I think the intent, the original intent, and correct me if I'm wrong, because mm-hmm. I don't know, but the original intent for the uh, the time of the, when this movie was made, it very much felt like he was supposed to be, like, no, look at how charming I am. I still want you so no, hard. No, he's supposed to be creepy. Okay, good, because, like, that's the way it came across to me. Yeah, but he's supposed to be like, creepy, which makes his, like, hero turn in the last act really weird. <laughs> yeah, I was I was very unhappy with that. It's like, why is this douchebag well, the I'll hero? I'll get to the end of the movie when we get to the end of the movie, because right. I got some stuff to say about that. Okay, but, cool. So. Um, yeah, we find out a lot more information about uh, Brundle. Uh, apparently, he almost won a Nobel Prize at 20, which is like, for one thing, that's crazy young. Yeah. And two, they don't tend to reveal people who didn't win the Nobel Prize until 50 years after the date. Okay. So the only reason this could have got out is if someone leaked it or they just 
didn't know. They thought it was like the yeah. Academy Awards. And right, right. I was gonna say, <laughs> or or the, this universe just works a little bit differently. Yeah, yeah seriously. But yeah, Stathis refuses to give Ronica her key back. Like, another just showing that he wants to control her. Yeah. Still, even though they're no longer in a relationship. Yep. Douchebag. Yeah, he's just so gross. <laughs> Speaking of gross, uh, we go back to Brundle's lab, and he attempts to teleport a baboon. So, I had questions about this. Yeah. Because he, he has said that... He has kind of hinted at, at her... How, that how these things work when he tries to transport living matter. Yeah. And it's like, your your test subject is a baboon. Those can't be cheap. <laughs> like, dude, find yourself a mouse or something. <laughs> like, like, maybe he just bought them in bulk and he just had a ton of baboons <laughs> laying around. I was like, oh my god. Don't... That apartment could not smell good. No, no, hell no. <laughs> Even before all of this. Yeah, yeah. If there's, like, multiple baboons just hanging around. <laughs> so, yeah, he... he teleports the baboon and uh the poor ape is turned literally inside out by the process he loses more baboons that way <laughs> apparently like since he knows that this is a a thing but i have a note here that apparently turning baboons inside out must be her kink because she suddenly wants to jump his bones at that point yeah like <laughs> they go from well i he, he gives his little speech about how um the telepod can't deal with the flesh mm-hmm it doesn't know how to flesh. Yeah. And like I was mentioning in our introduction part, the like intermingling of flesh and machine is very much a Cronenberg theme. It's sure. something he returns to a lot. Sure. In movies like this and Videodrome existence, like it, it's very much something he is interested in exploring. Yeah. So yeah, I'm not surprised to hear something like this come up. And then Rundle says that he doesn't know enough about flesh. Yeah. To get the computer to understand flesh itself. Like, it's right. uh, it's something that he is missing. Talk to the tape. Get in the habit. The world will want to know what you're thinking. Fuck is what I'm thinking. Good. The world will want to know that. What else? Why didn't it work? I think it uh, turned the baboon inside out. Why? Can't deal with flesh. It only seems to work with inanimate objects. Nothing that's living. Must be my fault. Why? Computers are dumb. They only know what you tell them. I must not know enough about the flesh myself. I'm going to have to learn. And apparently that turns her on <laughs> because they do have sex at that point And I still think it was the monkey. It could very well be. I don't know. Um, and so, yeah, he's learning about the flesh now, like firsthand. Uh, during their tumble in the couch. <laughs> in the, in the fold-out couch. <laughs> in the fold-a-bed, yeah. Uh, Brundle gets, like, some sort of technology, like, impaled on his back. Yeah, like, he, she, he must have laid down real hard. <laughs> she was... Yeah, she must have really been vigorous. <laughs> like, oh my god. <laughs> so they, they pry that critter out of there, and he's got like three long scratches down his back where it impaled him. Yep. Um, they talk a little bit, and talk about how, like, what flesh is, and why people go crazy for flesh. <laughs> yeah, she uses the the analogy of the, that... Uh... 
like why old women like to pinch babies cheeks and like why we can say we say like oh we could just eat you up and stuff like that yeah flesh is a like universal constant like it's something that we all are attracted to in various ways yeah i don't know it's just the the analogy she used was very it didn't feel good to me no (laughs) and then you know of course brundle gets the uh, he's like oh i know what we need to do and in my head in my head it's like i need to feed the computer an old lady yeah or a baby or feed me a baby (laughs) (laughs) but no his idea is he is going to teleport a steak yeah he cuts it in half and teleports half of the steak Mm mm-hmm uh, cooks both halves of it and then has Veronica try both halves. Mm-hmm. The first half is fine. It tastes like a steak. The second one, she says, it tastes synthesized. It tastes fake. And um, now that Rundle kind of more understands what flesh is and the feel of it and like how people relate to it, at least more than he did before, uh, he is going to try and teach his computer how to do it. Like he says, computers are dumb. They only know what you teach them. Which is... Yeah, I yeah. mean, that's So now he's accurate. going to, to try and teach the computer how to deal with flesh, where it couldn't before. Mm-hmm. Uh, we cut to outside of Brundle's lab, where Stathis is watching Veronica leave, and then he follows her to a store and has a freakout. Creepy stalker freakout! Yeah, it's... Mm, I don't care for that. Yep. Like, Hate him. Yeah, he's, he's so gross. Hate it's, him. Like, he... He, like she, Veronica says that uh, Brundle is onto something big, and Stathis is like, "Oh, his penis," mm. and it's like, "Come on, dude! Like, <laughs> you're just disgusting." Yeah, and it's so weird that he—he's gross and awful. He's not the villain of the story. I hated that. It he, made me so unhappy. Yeah, like he—he <laughs> he doesn't. He doesn't have it out for Seth, really. Right. Like, he... he, I mean, to be fair, he doesn't ever really have, like, a redemption at all. It's just that he takes action towards the end. Yeah, yeah. And I wouldn't even call him the hero, necessarily. I wouldn't even go It's like a heroic turn at the end, but it's more like just dealing with a threat. Exactly, yeah. So, he doesn't... He does not have a redemption part. And I'm I'm happy with that. I'm glad that they didn't do that. But I am... But, like, he's... He's a foil for Veronica. Yeah. Like, he doesn't really want anything to do with Seth other than trying to make money off of him, maybe. Like, if, if that happens, that's great. But it's more he wants control over Veronica. Right. He wants to use Seth as a, as a means to get to Veronica. Right. And Veronica is our, our POV character. We see almost more of her than we do of Brundle. Yeah. And, yeah, so... But, he, like I said, he's not the villain. He's just gross. <laughs> yep. He's... he's He's as gross on the inside as Brundle gets on the outside. Yep. And I, I, <laughs> I have to... Some analog want, there. Yeah, that has to be intentional. That has to be intentional. Uh, uh, we go back to Brundle's lab. Brundle teleports another baboon. Dude, quit using the baboons. This one's okay. This one's fine. It easily could not have been, okay? <laughs> no, Brundle knows what he's doing now. Everything's cool. <laughs> And, like, this is the one of the more interesting things about this movie for me is his tech works. Yeah. It works. Yeah. You just got to get the flies out. Th- there's just an asterisk at the end of that. Yeah, you, you got to make sure those pods are sterile and use them while you're sober. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, the ape comes through. Like, he says he's going to have it tested to see if it's okay. It's going to take a few weeks. And Veronica suggests they go on a vacation during this. Well... I was thinking that we could take a holiday. We could? Yeah. You know, like an old married couple. 
old man's got a couple of weeks off, so they go to Florida, someplace warm. Like an old married couple. Right, it's right. Like, Whoa, you move fast. I don't know how long it's been from the first. Yeah. There's the, a lot of unseen time in this. There, there is a lot of, like, jumps in mm-hmm. time that, like, in one scene, they even just kind of half mention it's been four weeks. And it's just like, oh, yeah, I, yeah. Okay, sure. So, I, I, so, there's more time passing than is shown on film. They just never mention it. <laughs> but still, that's, to, I don't know, maybe, maybe it's because I've only been in the one relationship my entire life. But that does feel... Really quick to yeah. me, but whatever. You know, hey, it works for them. Yeah. But Brundle's super excited. He's going to order Chinese food for them and champagne so that they can celebrate. And then uh, Veronica sees an envelope that got slipped under his door from her publisher. And it's a mock-up of a magazine cover with Brundle on it saying that he's like the new father of science innovation. He's going to be the savior of everything. And... Veronica knows that she has to cor- uh, confront Stathis about it. Because yeah, because this was, this was this, a manipulative it, a tactic on right, Stathis' part. She, they weren't going to run the story, and then they were. This is 100% a effort to get Veronica's goat. It would destroy Brundle if he saw this. Like, he doesn't want his technology being even out there right now until he's... Until he's ready. Until he's ready, yeah. He wants control over it until that point. Right. So... Veronica goes and confronts uh, Stathis about it, and she, uh, Stathis keeps using it as a cudgel to beat her down and get more control over her. Yep. Like, you, you have to do this, or I'm going to run it, and it, hey, what if we have sex and stuff like that? It's Yeah, he's like, it's what if so we, nasty. Not, no, no relationship, no yeah, attachment, no, no. Just, just stress-relieving sex, and it's yeah. just like, oh, God, it's, I die, please. Yeah, yeah it's just <laughs> ugh, icky. But uh, Brundle gets drunk on the champagne and starts putting connections together in his head. He thinks that, um, that Veronica is going to get back with Stathis. Brundle is drunk. He's ranting at the poor baboon. (laughs) He's just sitting there taking it. Baboon's a good listener. Yeah, he is. We start hearing, uh, the fly, the titular fly in the background. We start hearing the buzzing buzzes around the baboon buzzes into the telepad. Yeah. And, uh, very drunk Brundle decides, no, we're gonna, like, the the baboon's fine. We don't need to test the baboon. I'm gonna do this to me right now, and I'll show Veronica how cool I am. Yeah. And then we get naked gold bluff. Yep. (laughs) We see so much shirtless and pantsless gold bloom in this movie. We we see an awful lot of gold bloom. Like, I, I know that the scene in Jurassic Park where gold bloom is, like, stretched out on the table... Is like the the one that everybody points to is like ah oh, yes this is sexy Jeff Goldblum yeah no, have they not seen this movie <laughs> right <laughs> he is in such good shape in this movie he's got like the cutest fucking face he's got that fluffy hair he's adorable <laughs> in this movie right for half of it right <laughs> I mean there's a separation there but also he's not laying in a provocative pose in this movie um, yeah but he's like he's not I don't know I don't I think I think he's much more attractive in this movie than in, in Jurassic Park but that's just me alright um also I would just kick Ian Malcolm in the teeth if I ever saw him <laughs> oh, that's that's fair too that's fair too yeah so I would just feel bad for Brundle yeah but anyway we see that Brundle teleports himself in the machine and when the second pod opens up Brundle's in there and there's no fly Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, we hear the fly through the entire 
thing, and then when it happens, it's gone. Yeah. Knowing what we know about the movie, I mean... Yeah, I mean, nobody nobody watching this movie ever is going to be like, oh, I wonder what happened yeah, to that fly. Yeah, I mean, fly. The, the poster of the movie is the telepod opening with, like, a foot and a hand coming out, and then a fly's arm sticking out of it. Yeah. So... No, there's no question. Like, this is not supposed to be a... No, a but we know that this is when reveal. it happens. Yeah, like, this no, is as soon when, as you hear the buzzing of the fly, yeah. it, it, you know. This is when our love story turns to tragedy. Because I firmly believe this is a love story. Yeah, it, no, I, I agree. I yeah. agree. And, and it, it, it is tragic. We don't yeah. see that baboon again. <laughs> I, the ba- I want to believe that the baboon lives. I, I have to imagine it does. I don't see why it wouldn't. Yeah, it, it It's not made of sugar. No. Veronica comes back to Brundle's lab and he's passed out on the couch. Rundle admits to her that he went through the teleporter without her, but he did record it so that she could watch it. Yeah. Like, he he, he wanted to impress her. Yeah. That, yeah. This was all a stunt to try to get her on away from mm-hmm. Sleazy and to, her, to him. Yeah. They're competing for her affection. Yep. Uh, the wounds from the, like, circuit board or wherever the hell it was that poked him in the back are now filled with little pokey fly hairs. It's, it, it's, yeah. it's awful. It's very awful. But that doesn't stop the two of them from having sex again. Nope. Well, she doesn't notice. Yeah. Yet. And also, nothing will stop them from having sex again. Until the end of the movie. <laughs> That's true. Like, <laughs> well, I mean, I'd say that there's a line, but yeah. we'll get to that. Uh, Brundle awakes the next morning, uh, a little bit before Veronica, and does gymnastics for like... <laughs> yeah, we get to watch Goldblum's stunt double do a ton of gymnastics for like yeah. five solid minutes. It's pretty obviously his stunt double because we never see his face. No. <laughs> Just oh, the fluffy there's a, wig. There's another reason for that, that fluffy hair is in there. Yeah. No, it works. But yeah, he's much more athletic. He's feeling a lot better. Um, they go to breakfast and he just dumps like sh- spoonful after spoonful after spoonful of sugar in the coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, and starts talking louder and faster and more aggressively. Yeah, it noticeably, like, ramped up. Right. Um, interesting thing on here, like, the Gina Davis knew that Goldblum was going to have a monologue here, that he was going to talk a lot. They didn't have it written down. They She didn't know what he was going to be doing or saying. So, like, everything that's going on there is her legitimately reacting to the crazy shit he's saying and, like, yelling at the waiters. The waiters didn't know he was going to be yelling at them. (laughs) Like, uh, Cronenberg and Goldblum worked together on that scene, like, the night before they shot it. Okay. So, So it was was just in script. It was (laughs) Brundle rants in asterisks. And then then they went on location, filmed, and saw what happened. So, That's cool. Like, like her cool. reaction is very genuine to what, <laughs> sure, <laughs> what sure. is going on. Because yeah. he's freaking out. <laughs> yeah, he is. Uh, they go back to Brundle's lab where they have sex again. Yeah, because, I mean, it may not have been an inside-out monkey, but it still turned her on. Right. And Veronica finds the flies on... Or the flies. The hairs on his back. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Brundle starts talking about how he's never been very hairy and like <laughs> yeah he's excited to be more hairy <laughs> more hair suit um so Veronica trims the hairs off of him while he's eating ice cream because <laughs> he's really craving sweet stuff now yeah he wants all that sugar yep Brundle demands to teleport Veronica right then because he's convinced that 
the teleporter acts as a purification process. It made him the best version of him it could possibly right. be. And he wants to do that to her. Right. So that they can be like the new power couple. New power couple, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that they can they can have sex all day and she won't get tired. Right, because that was the thing is that when they're done having sex on this one, like he's ready to continue going and she is drained. Yeah, she's like, I'm, I'm done, I'm tapping out. He's yeah. like, no, more. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Veronica doesn't want to teleport, obviously, because she's still concerned that something's gone wrong with Brundle. Like, there's been no tests done even on the baboon. Yeah. She doesn't want to do this. She's afraid... Of being disassembled and reassembled, which I'm sure you can relate to. Uh, yeah, no, that's horrifying. Yeah, don't yeah. do that. Um, Brundle freaks out about this and begins ranting about the flesh and the plasma pool. Like, dude, quit saying the word flesh, please. Listen to me. You're afraid to dive into the plasma pool, aren't you? You're afraid to be destroyed, recreated, aren't you? I bet you think that you woke me up about the flesh, don't you? But you only know society's straight line about the flesh. You can't penetrate beyond society's sick, gray fear of the flesh. Drink deep or taste not the plasma spring. See what I'm saying? I'm not just talking about sex and penetration. I'm talking about penetration beyond the veil of the flesh. A deep, penetrating dive into the plasma pool. Yeah, I, I don't know if this was another, like, quasi-improvised monologue or not. I don't know if this one was how this was in the script. But he is just, he's rambling and just freaking out. Yeah, like, he, he is he's, he's gone. having a meltdown. He's going out. He's going out there. Yeah. And then I wish he'd stop saying the word penetration, too. Yeah, yeah. But he, he just shoves Veronica out of his lab apartment. And... That night, he goes to find someone else that he can do the process to. Yeah. So he goes to a bar and starts chatting up a woman named Tawny. Mm -hmm. And uh, she's, you know, we have two guys in an arm wrestling competition, apparently for her affections. <laughs> <laughs> it was the 80s. Shit was weird. Yeah. So Brundle inserts himself into the arm wrestling competition. Wrestling the, the bigger guy. Yeah, he's like, I, if I win, I get the lady and $100. Yeah. I'm betting $100 I could beat you and your woman. Yeah, like, yeah. Wow, and like, go you. Yeah. <laughs> and they agree to the, the terms because he looks like, you know, Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, he's like, oh, I can beat this guy, I'm asleep. Yeah, uh, it goes very wrong for that guy. Yeah. And his arm explodes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was pretty awful. So, it, it's gruesome. So Goldblum officially ditched the woman who's turned on by gruesome baboon death and uh -huh. got with a woman who's turned on by horrific wrist fractures. Yeah, yeah. Um, by the time they get back to uh, Brundle's apartment, we can tell his skin is starting to look grosser. Yeah, um, I, w I remember even looking at that and was like, wow, he looks really broke out. And then like a scene later, I was like, oh, that was very intentional. <laughs> yeah, no, he he's... Yeah. Like, I didn't notice that before. Why does he have such bad acne? Yeah. Oh, no. The, the entire transformation sequence, Cronenberg uh, said it was basically to mirror the aging process. And um, Goldblum even, des or uh, Rundle describes it as a cancer. Yeah. And it's very much like that's what it looks like. No, that was, that, was a very cool, that was a very cool way of... One of one of the things that I find difficult to suspend my disbelief on in a lot of, especially sci-fi movies, mm -hmm. is when characters make wild assumptions that just happen to be correct, right? And then they go with that with for, as gospel until they're proved. Yeah. Um, whereas this one, it's like his his first assumption is it must be cancer. It's just like, th yeah, there you go. 
You know, it isn't until a little bit later that he discovers what actually happened. It's yeah. not like, oh, he's not like something must have gone wrong in the, the pod teleporting and uh, I am clearly becoming something more than human. Ooh. No, yeah. it's, it's a very, to me, a very sound leap in logic. It's like, okay, good for you. Yeah, yeah. But he looks like, sh he's starting to look like shit. Yeah, he looks awful. Yeah. Uh, he has sex with Tawny. And uh, to impress her, Brundle teleports himself again, which yep. I'm sure was great on his DNA at this point. Absolutely. Um, he wants to teleport Tawny, but like Veronica, she doesn't she doesn't understand what's going on in the first place. And she's afraid of going through the pod because they look weird. Yeah. <laughs> um, she says, hey, instead of doing that, why don't we just hang out in bed and get some breakfast? I'll give you an alcohol rub. And she pours some alcohol on her hands and touches his skin, which burns him. Mm -hmm. Because flies actually burn when they touch alcohol. Sure. So, if you know anything about flies... Yeah. yeah. It makes sense. Um, Veronica arrives, and Tawny leaves, sensing there's tension between the two of them. Yeah. And she is out of the movie. Yep, she's <laughs> gone. We never see her again. Good that, for her. Yeah. I, I like to think that she went and found herself... Some sort of other boyfriend who couldn't break arms like the best yeah. of them. Um, Veronica has had the hairs um, analyzed, and they are insect hairs. They're not human hairs. Mm -hmm. uh, Brundle, like, doesn't believe it. He starts having another meltdown um, and punches straight through a doorframe. Yeah, he, he punches the absolute shit out of that doorframe. Yeah, because he, he's trying to prove to her that he's not sick. Yeah. Which is another thing where it's like, person gets a cancer diagnosis and they still feel physically fit yeah they're gonna try and prove to everyone around them that no they're not sick yeah this is this is not that there's yeah. has, to, has to be a mistake yeah because at this point he's still convinced that he is he's the peak of human condition yeah yeah this, he's this the is best. before he makes his his jump to it must be some form of cancer right this is, this is him like i am on top of the world i am the best that i could possibly be right how dare you suggest there's something wrong yeah yeah so he scares her off. Um, he goes to look in the mirror. You see more of those hairs poking through his face. And he starts chewing on one of his nails. Yeah. And that pops clean off. Oh, that was so gross. It's a gross oh. scene, yeah. And then and then his finger squirts. And it's just, yeah. the squirty fingers make me, make me bad feels. It's pretty gross. It is pretty gross. And when that second nail comes off, it makes a... Bad sound. Oh, it's a very so, bad sound. It's so like a cork coming out of a bottle. It's so awful. And I'm, I'm, I think that at this point in time where he goes to the computer and investigates and learns that, I think, yeah. I think, yeah, he learns that the flaw, that there was a contamination. Yeah. There was a, it was just, he's just, oh no, I have become the fly. <laughs> but yeah, he's discovered that it's not that, the fly is inside of him or something like that. Didn't teleport it inside of him. They are fused at a genetic level. Yep. And there's no way to unfuse them. Yep. No, they are, they are perma... They are perma... Yeah. Fly. Yeah. Um, this is when we get that four-week jump. Yeah. Which is, you know, thankfully announced by Veronica over the phone that it's been four weeks. Yeah. Because otherwise we wouldn't know. No, I have no clue. Yeah, but... This was, this was before they invented the the, uh, the text overlay, I guess. I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know why they didn't use that. That would have been so much more useful. Just like a week later, two weeks later, yeah. the next day or whatever. Like, I don't know. I can, I can kind of see it. I, I like... 
text overlay would probably have ruined the tone of the I movie a little bit. I guess so, but it would have helped establish a timeline a little yeah. bit more. Something, anyway. We yeah. need something to know how much time was, was in between the experiments, if nothing else. Right. But, um... So, Brundle tells Veronica that he has gotten much, much worse. Which is kind of an understatement. Yeah. Uh, she goes to his lab. It's a dump. Like, there's garbage everywhere. Snack foods. Snack foods. Everywhere. Yeah. Uh, and he is melting. Yeah. <laughs> he is. Now, it's, it's at this point, he's, he's walking around on two canes. Two canes, looks, yeah. Like, I think the, if, now that you were talking about some of the uh, the direction here mm-hmm. and the idea, it very much makes him look like he's an old man. But I yep. was also noticing it kind of made him look like he was walking on four insect legs. Yeah. No, that's and very was, intentional. I, like, I, that's the thing I picked up, but it was, mm-hmm. it's like, wow, that's really good. Yeah. And one thing that's kind of interesting is... Um, Jeff Goldblum was not their first choice for this role. Okay. There was all sorts of, like, Hollywood leading men that they wanted to play Seth Brundle. Like, um, History's Greatest Fuck-Up Mel Gibson was tapped as Seth Brundle at one point. Oh, jeez. Yeah, like, I think they wanted Robert Redford and, like, all these, like, big, like, hunky Hollywood leading men. Sure. None of them wanted to do it because they would have to be in in just horrifying makeup for most of it. Yeah. Um, Jeff Goldblum wanted to do it because of that. That's interesting. He thought that process was super cool. He thought it would be a fun challenge to try and act through, through like the that. latex makeup and good stuff like him. that. Good for him. And he, that's why he's so fucking good. Like, yeah, when all you can see are like his eyes and teeth and he's still like emoting amazingly. Yeah. Like, that's really good. Mm-hmm. No, that's a testament to his, his talent. Yeah. Yeah. But good for him. That's cool. Uh, but yeah, at this point, Brundle thinks he's got an advanced form of cancer that is, like, maybe the telepod, like, accelerated it or something. We don't know. He thinks he's he's dying now. Um, He barfs on a donut. Yep, there's that <laughs> Just, donut scene. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. <laughs> Although it wasn't as gruesome or gross as I remembered it being. No, so. it's still icky. It's not great. Yeah. At least we don't get to see him slurping it back up. Right, we just hear it later. Yeah. <laughs> But um, while he's he's sitting at the table with Veronica, his ear just pops clean off. Yeah, I, I have to imagine that the whole reason he called her four weeks later was hoping that she'd lend an ear. Oh, Matt, no. This was uh, another one where Gina Davis's reaction was very genuine. Like She the, didn't know it was going to no, pop No, she off. knew it was going to happen. She just didn't know what it would look like. Oh. And then he's just standing there, or sitting at the table, and just goes... With his ear. And, <laughs> and, and he says, oh, there goes my ear. Oh, no, my yeah. ear, no. Yeah, and she's just like, I need to throw up now. <laughs> yeah. Well, her first reaction, like, impulse was to, like, hug him. And I'm like, don't, no, there's all kinds of gross on his shirt. And yeah. I'm like, wow, don't do there's that. There's pus everywhere. Ugh. He is so pussy. It's so gross. Yeah. Um... She leaves him and goes to Stathis for assistance. I don't know why that was her first choice. Because he's... it was the only other person in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. I think that's it. But, you know, he's kind of a science guy. He runs science papers. He might know something or know somebody. That or his his manipulative tactics are actually having a psychological effect on her, making him that... even worse. Yeah. No, that would... That's very likely. Um, but Stathis, like doesn't see Brundle as a human anymore. He just sees him as disease. Yeah. Like, he's convinced that that if it's not cancer, it's something else. He's probably contagious. Don't go over there. He's dying. Just let him die. Right. Which is an asshole tactic. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. yeah. 
Uh, Veronica returns to Brundle. He's crawling on the ceiling now. And is seemingly seemingly much more upbeat about his condition. Yeah, he seems to have a lot better of a sense of humor. Yeah. And uh, he he says that if it's a disease, it's a disease with a direction, with a plan for him. Yeah. And he's changing into into something else. Mm Mm-hmm. And I I just want to make a note that, like, because throughout the rest of these scenes, we just see his apartment filling with more and more snack food trash. Yeah. And I want to see the scenes of him going down to, like, the convenience store to buy these snack right. foods. <laughs> the, I, uh, the only thing I can figure is that he was stealing it. Or, like, maybe there's a vending machine somewhere. Sure. But I'm willing to bet that he's ruining some poor, like, night clerk's night, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just every night, just going in. And, it would be very different uh, now because you could, like, door dash it. Yeah, <laughs> right. But you can't now. You can't at this time, so. No. Uh, maybe he called up, uh, like, the corner store and was like, hey, drop off a bunch of snack cakes. I'm having some cravings, man. Yeah. Just have somebody run over with it. I'll pay you double. Right. <laughs> um, at this point, we can fully refer to Brundle as Brundlefly. That's how he's referring to himself. Yeah. Um, he's kind of embraced it. He's kind of embraced what's happening to him, kind or at of. least embraced the inevitability of it. Yeah. That, like, he, he's not going to be human anymore. He's going yeah, to be he's, something he's, else. He's, he's clearly not really happy about it. No. But he's also not lamenting it. He's It's like, yeah. what's done is done. I can't go back. Yeah. And he starts researching ways of fixing it. But uh-huh. not... not even, Well, not maybe not even fixing it, but improving it, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Like, trying to figure out how to make it work to his benefit. Right. Um, But Veronica records him eating... Um, and he does it almost like a cooking show where it's like, <laughs> how does Brundle fly eat? Yeah. And, yeah. He's talking about how solid foods literally hurt his stomach. Yeah. Now, and so, so at some point he must've ate something solid and had a real rough time with it. Right. So, but, but and, he's a smart guy and he knows that this is how flies eat. This is what's happening to me. Yeah. Therefore, blur, 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 blur. and then, and then it, it cuts away. It shows it shows uh, Stathis' reaction. Yeah, so Stathis watching this video, and it slowly pans away after, right after he barfs on this food. Yeah, and, and you just hear this. <laughs> and Stathis' reaction is probably pretty similar to how I would react. Just the, yeah. Uh, nope. <laughs> yeah. How does Brundle fly eat? Well, he found out the hard and painful way that he's very much the way a fly eats. His teeth are now useless because although he can chew up solid food, he can't digest it. Solid food hurts. So, like a fly, Brundlefly breaks down solids with a corrosive enzyme, playfully called vomit drop. He regurgitates on his food, it liquefies, and then he sucks it back up. Ready for demonstration, kids? Here it goes. Oh my god. My god. But also at the same time, Veronica discovers she's pregnant. I'm pregnant with the fly too. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I see that's where that sequel comes from, huh? Yeah. Okay. So she she doesn't yeah, that's kind of the monkey wrench it throws in the end of this, is that she is 100% on board with getting an abortion. Right. Like, she is, that is her goal from this, this point, point in the movie forward. Yeah, and I, I kind of liked that, too, because it felt like it was almost an allegory in, in favor of abortion. It's yeah, like, yeah. There are circumstances that 
necessitate this sort of procedure. Yeah. Let the women fucking decide. Yeah. And, and I, I really didn't like how Stathis described it to the doctor. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, Stathis a is a sleazeball anyway. Right, but. right. But, you know, the fly, too, centers around Veronica and Seth's son, who is uh, also the fly. Oh, but he's, he's a different type of fly. Okay. Like he, he's, I also he's I'll, I'll have to check it's that out. It's worth watching. I'll like, have to I check that be, out for a future episode. Yeah, of I'd, be, I'd be happy doing that. Sure. It, it It's not directed by Cronenberg, which is unfortunate. But I think it, it's not as good. It's not as good. Sure. But it still does hold up. It's no, it's no like, Terminator 2. It's, or it's, Aliens or whatever. Right, right. But it, it's it's not bad. Okay, cool. Yeah, cool. Um, We get... A very bad dream from Veronica now, where she is going to have... She goes in to have the abortion, and instead, like, a three-foot-long maggot comes out. Yeah. It's super gross. Not as gross as I was anticipating. Like, when she, when people were reacting, I was just like, oh, this is gonna be awful. Yeah. And, because I was imagining, like, this half-fly, half-fetus-looking oh, yeah. thing, and... No, it's just a maggot. It's like, okay, yeah. that's... That's better. It's not great. No, it's still it's, it's it's still gross, especially because it's very slimy. Yeah. Um. But yeah, we we get that, and you know, it's a catapult dream where she wakes up in bed and is like, "Nope, got to get this out of me right now." Yeah. Can't blame her. Yeah. Uh, Brundlefly is attempting to work on his problem or figure out, you know, what actually happened, and but he's he's having some issues getting his computer to work right now in that it no longer recognizes his voice. Yeah, his voice is flied up enough that it's it's no longer Brundle. It's no longer Brundle. It's Brundlefly. Yep. I want a disc. Give me preliminary integration. 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 Um, his hands are gross, like, half claws. Yeah, he has to use pencils to type. Yeah, yeah. And then all of his teeth fall out. Yeah, that wasn't great either. Just, Although it does it does make me question, because, like, in the previous scenes, it showed his teeth, they're, they're like, super crooked and sharp and, yeah. like, gross-looking. It's like, why did the mutation do that if they were just going to fall out anyway? Because I have, flies do not have teeth. I have to wonder if it wasn't that that was part of the mutation, as if that was, like, part of them starting to slide out. And being dissolved by his acid. Oh, that's a good idea. That's a good point. Ooh. Yeah. Gross. Yeah. Okay. I okay. I can I can yeah. flow with that. But he, he takes his teeth and puts them in his museum, which is his medicine cabinet of all of the body parts he shed. Yeah, he's got his ear in there, he's his fingernails. His fingernails and just It's it's awful. It's, it's so, super oh, it's so gross. gross. Yeah. Veronica comes back to Brundlefly's lab. Um, she wants to tell him that she's pregnant and aborting the baby because she gets, you know, it's his. Yeah, yeah, it's important for him to know. But uh, Brundlefly tells her, she, she can't spit it out, and Brundlefly tells her to leave and to not come back because when he transforms, he's not going to be human anymore. He's not going to have human morality. Yeah. Insects don't have morality. Right. And this is where he gives the uh, insect politics speech. You have to leave now. And never come back here. Have you ever heard of insect politics? 
Neither have I. Insects don't have politics. They're very brutal. No compassion. No compromise. We can't trust the insect. I'd like to become the first insect politician. You see, I'd like to, uh, but oh, I'm afraid. Uh, I don't know what you're trying to say. I'm saying. I'm an insect who dreamt he was a man and loved it. But now the dream is over and the insect is awake. No, Seth. No, I'm saying I'll hurt you if you stay. Yeah, the the insect politician. Yeah, there's there's a joke there somewhere. I'm not savvy yeah, enough yeah. to make it. But like his entire point is like insects don't have these things. Humans do. Where am I going to stand? Sure. Like, am I going to be more of a human at the end of this? Can I be like some sort of intermediary between insects and people, or am I going to be fully animalistic and try to kill everyone? Right. At a, at a instinct. As as flies do. Yeah. yeah. As flies are known to do. Well, I mean, they're they're predators. They, yeah, it's true. They're shitty predators, but they're predators. I mean, if they were man sized, yeah. I I imagine they would be going after people. Right, right. It's just kind of funny. You don't think that. No, <laughs> you don't think of it that way. Yeah, but... they barf acid and eat what comes uh, off. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if they'd necessarily like hunt people down I, or I anything. But I have no idea what. Well, for one thing, they couldn't be that big because their exoskeletons would collapse. Don't you bring science into this? Into the science movie? Don't you dare! I'm a Godzilla fan. Don't you ever talk okay. to me about how unfeasible it is to have monsters and creatures <laughs> have big that things. big. <laughs> yeah, you do not do that, Chris. You okay. Don't come into my house. <laughs> Start <laughs> quoting me crushed under your own weight and all that bullshit. Square cube law. <laughs> <laughs> um, Stathis takes Veronica to a clinic for a late night abortion. Because, like I said, she has to have that thing out of her right now. Right she now. is terrified about what it could be. What it could turn into. She, yeah. Yeah. She wants it out. Out, 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 out. Yeah. And this is where Stannis gives his, I like, I hate that, where he's like, oh, well, the baby's going to be deformed. Yeah. And he, the father was a deformed man. And it's yeah. like, come on, that's... It's like, sleazebag. Yeah. They, you don't need to say that. You can just say that she... There's going to be problems. There, there, it's going to... Yeah. There, it's not going to make it to the next trimester, and it could be fatal for the mother. That is. Yeah, something. Just... Just um. you don't have to insult people. <laughs> yeah, even Brundlefly has feelings. <laughs> um, but Brundlefly crashes through the window and kidnaps her. Yeah, he does, and springs out onto the rooftops. Uh, there was going to be a scene of the more transformed Brundlefly, like hopping from rooftop to rooftop, doing like pouncy jumps. Sure, but I guess they didn't have the budget to to be able to do that okay. and have. Uh, Jeff Goldblum move like realistically in the suit at that point. I could see that. Or he's, he's still kind of stiff. Yeah. That we can assume that is what happened. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't imagine that the abortion clinic is right outside of his damn apartment. No, so. no. <laughs> uh, Stathis shows up at Brundle's lab with the shotgun that he possesses from somewhere. It's America. Everybody's got a gun, right? Yeah. This is another one where there was a cut scene where um, he was going skeet shooting. And that explains why he's got the shotgun. <laughs> because that's necessary. Yeah, yeah. So I, I can see why they cut it. Yeah, okay, yeah. whatever. It's very funny. <laughs> that is That is funny, but... Okay, no, I mean, like, it, of all of the suspension of disbelief in, yeah, in no. this movie that was not one of them was, he yeah, has a shotgun okay shotgun. sure shotgun yeah. whatever but Brundlefly jumps through the skylight and ambushes Stathis barfs on his hand and his leg and dissolves both of them into moosh melting them down yeah. really painful looking really awful looking yeah uh, Stathis deserved it yeah <laughs> Stathis had it coming. That yeah. is the official point of Creature Crunch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's that's the stance we're taking here. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Brundlefly plans to fuse himself, Veronica, and their unborn baby into one life form um, so that they can be the perfect family. Like, that's what he says, but it's it, it's also to make him human again. Because well, not he... fully human, because we know that based off of the science right. the movie has established, and, he, and that that wouldn't happen, and yeah. we also know that he knows that. But yeah. I think the idea is that he wants to be more human than the fly. Right. Uh, he's okay, and it's been established, he's okay relatively with his mm-hmm. transformation. Yeah. He's... He's cool with the acid spit. He's okay with the snacking on right. sweets. And you know what? Missing body parts? Whatever. We'll just throw them in the drawer. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, he definitely likes the super strength and everything that comes yeah. with it. So he's okay with that. His m- main concern is the 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 mental facilities. Yes. So I, I get the feeling that that's kind of... that. That's it. And also his mental facilities are... Yeah, he's also nut jobs now yeah. at this point. So but, he thinks this is going to work in any fashion. And yep. it's yeah. not going to. There's no way it could. Even by the the science that the movie has shown us, this could not work. No. No, it would have it would have created something even like yeah. infinitely worse. Yeah, yeah. Um Veronica pushes him away and his jaw comes clean off. It just it just falls off there. And it just falls right off. This is where we get Brundlefly's final transformation. Wow, what an effect. Yeah, it is oh, so good. Man. Like, it is a master course of practical effects. Just, yeah, it, the friggin' gross brundle just kind of sloughs off. and Yeah. Whoo boy. And then there's the full fly underneath. Yeah. Like the full fly humanoid, yeah. as I called it. Um, But he's, yeah, he's, disgu- he's disgusting, um, but he's still trying to go through with this plan, so apparently he does still have... Some of Brundle's intellect in him. Yeah, yeah. He's still... He is a man-fly, after all. Yeah, yeah. Um, she, He shoves Veronica in the first pod and gets in the second one himself, and it's going to teleport to the third prototype pod, the larger one, and combine them all into a horrible slurry. Yeah, he sets the timer for, like, two minutes. Yeah. But uh, Stathis, not quite dead yet. Well, I mean, to be fair... I don't think you would die from having your hand and foot dissolved off. He's I not mean, in good shape. No, he's not. But, I mean, I don't really... I'm sure he'd probably be bleeding out like crazy. We don't see a lot of blood. No, unless I, unless the acid cauterized the say, wound. Probably so, cauterized. But so, nothing, yeah, it wouldn't kill him. If nothing else, the shock alone would be... Oh, no, he passed out from the shock, for yeah. sure. And he's woozy from it. But he's yeah. not going to die. Yeah. He's going to wish he was dead, probably. But... but he, at he, least for a time. Yeah. He shoots the wires 
that connect Veronica's pod to the other ones, disconnecting it. Uh, Brundlefly smashes the glass of his pod and tries to get out to stop the process or... Well, try kill. to he try to stop Stathis because yeah. Stathis is at this point wrecked his machinery and foiled right. his plans. But he can't get out before the telepod teleportation sequence concludes. Yeah, he's like halfway out of it. Yeah, which is a problem for him. Yeah, it is. Uh, because when he gets to the third pod, uh, he is fused with the door of of the machine uh, of, the, of machine. the pod. He's, yeah. he's part. He's Brundle Pod. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and at this point, he is in such complete agony that all he can do is, like, mime to Veronica to shoot him with a shotgun. Yeah. And put him... Put him out of his misery. Yeah, yeah. He is in just complete agony. Apparently, he still has enough faculties to realize what he's done and that there's no coming back from it even more so now. Right. So, Veronica shoots him. Well, she has a real hard time she, well, yeah, bringing, I mean, her, bringing herself to this kill this monster. This is still the man that she loved. Yeah. Like, it, she she was more than willing to get, be in a relationship with this guy. That's true. Even after he started to decline. Like, she, all she wanted to do was help him, was help him and him. comfort him. Yeah, that's even fair. Even after, like, it was was terminal. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so, yeah, I can see where she would have a hell mm-hmm. of a time, you know, going through with the deed. But she does, out of love, out of responsibility, out of caring for him. Mm-hmm. And then the credits assault us. Oh my god, suddenly credits. Like, yeah. <laughs> there was no calm down period. It was no. just boom. And there is... A little is... bit of weeping, and then wham, yeah. credits. There is a reason for that. Okay. Um, there were four different epilogues shot for this movie. Okay. That would have occurred after this scene. Sure. Um, two of them, were, and they were the ones that were... They were probably going to use as one of those was about Veronica getting back together with Stathis. I'm glad that didn't happen. Yeah, they, or at they, least I'm glad that one didn't. Anyway, yeah, and um, then there was a like dream sequence about her getting the abortion and the baby turning into a butterfly and flying away. Uh, okay, it was really weird and unnecessary, and test audiences. Hated it. I can see why. They hated that Veronica got together with Stathis again. That, yeah, good. That completed his hero turn, Ugh. and he got rewarded by getting back together with Veronica. Good, good, good. good. They, they hated that, so they're like, okay, what if we just end it here? Like, we don't have anything. We end on this incredibly tragic note. Sure. And that tested much better. Producers loved it, I guess. Mel Brooks loved it. Um, well, I mean, I can I can safely say that it's better than those two. Oh, uh, I I think it works really well. Like it, it ends does. on such a heartbreak of a note. Like, yeah, it, it's a hammer hit. Like it's there's no cooldown from it. It's just over. Like, yeah, it, it's these no, the people's cool, lives your, your have been cool, destroyed. And your cooldown period is watching the credits scroll. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, that would be that. That's. That's a hard pill to swallow if you're watching this movie, you know, not knowing what's going on right. for the first time or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Especially back in the 80s. Mm-hmm. So. And, um, yeah, it's, I, I just, I love how this movie ends. I think it's the perfect ending for this movie. No, it was good. It was good. And uh, and the way that you've contextualized the entire movie, really good. I, I, I think I actually like it more than I did when yeah. I first watched it. I did it, my so. research. You did. And that's important sometimes. Yeah. So. I have a sweet spot when it comes to these movies, and that is 
really gross 70s and 80s practical effect movies that are often remakes. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so that was The Fly. Um, if you, for whatever reason, haven't checked it out and still listen to this, still watch it. It's a good movie yeah. for not the, no other reason than the, the tone and the, the effects. Um, and of course the acting, very charming. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, let's, uh, let's hop on over to the crunch. Yep. Welcome back. We're now gonna we're gonna crunch up this fly, hopefully yep. with as little acidic mucus as possible. Oh uh, no, that's not gonna happen. Ah, dang it. Okay. Um, so Chris, what do we got? Okay, we have the flyminoid, stage five. Stage five. Stage five, yes. Um all of the stages of the Brundlefly are marked in like the staff notes and in the DVD extras and stuff like that. Okay. There is an actual like process to how this goes. So that suggests to me that you have a plan for stages one through four. I might. It was more that this was the one that would be the, the most interesting to do. Right, right. Uh, this is not the, the final form of the Brundlefly. This is... The second final. Yes. This is when he barfs up on Stathis and kidnaps... Right before the jaw comes off. Right. Okay. Right. Stage six is after his jaw pops and he rips his skin off and is yeah. a full fly person. Okay. Stage seven is when he is fused with the telepod. He's part pod. Yep. Gotcha. Yep. Okay. So, yeah, there is, they have distinct lines about where each stage begins and ends. Sure, so sure. So it's, it's very interesting. But so yeah, this is stage five. Um, he is a flymanoid. Uh, medium monstrosity, neutral evil. By the way, mwah, good name. Yeah, I, I love that very much. I'm pretty sure I've heard it somewhere else, but <laughs> it just sounds great. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It works. It works for here. Uh, we have AC of 13, uh, 48 hit points, and he's got 30 foot uh, speed and 30 foot climb. That assault tracks? Yep. Uh, we've got a plus 3 to strength, plus 2 to dex, plus 2 to con, plus 2 to intelligence, because he does still have the mind of Seth Brundle in there. Yeah, he, he's a scientist. Yeah. Plus 1 to wisdom, which might be a little high, because... But I don't see that being a problem. Yeah. Uh, and minus one to charisma. That seems a little high to me. <laughs> but he's still Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> I, I suppose so. I suppose so. I guess I can't argue with that. Yeah. But hey, that's, you know, that's just me. Go yep. on. Pretty standard uh, skill set for a critter like this. Uh, nothing stealth and survival. Yeah, yep. nothing super interesting there. Uh, I did give him dark vision because he is able to maneuver around in the dark. Yeah. Decently. Most most monster movies are going to have dark yeah, vision. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's just how nature of the beast there. I probably should have given him language of common because he does still speak. Yeah, I would definitely give him I'll fix common. that real quick. Didn't even think about that when I was doing this. That's okay. We don't have too many monsters yeah, that exactly, have language. Exactly. So. Uh, and we had, I gave him a challenge rating of two. Um, he's not super difficult to no, wrestle I mean, around. He's, he's strong, but... He's not super human strong. No. He's peak human strength, I right. would say. So, right. Which is why I did give him a little higher strength. Right. Um, as for his abilities, he's got the spider climb. Yeah. Because, well, yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, going off of that scene they couldn't shoot where he's bounding across the rooftops, I gave him a 
bound ability. Okay. Where if he moves at least 20 feet, uh, he can make a 10-foot jump in addition to the rest of his movement. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. It's nothing major. It can potentially give him an extra 10 feet of maneuverability, but... That's not going to break anything. Yeah, no. Close the gap on an adventure. Yeah, but exactly. Yeah, that's about it. I, I didn't give him the pounce ability. That wouldn't have made sense. No. I no. mean, we, we do see him drop down on people, and but that's kind of the extent of it. I didn't really... That's not really... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's got a multi-attack where he can make two claw attacks. They're very standard. Nothing special there. Yeah. And then he's also got his acidic vomit. Now, this is where... Yeah, this is the, the unique thing. Yep. Front of fly. Recharge on a five or a six. Uh, ranged weapon attack. Uh, hits one creature. Um, on a hit, it does 1d8 plus 2 acid damage, which isn't a lot, but... So I, I noticed when yes. I was looking through this that... Uh, because a lot of times when they when a creature in 5th edition has something like this, like an acid vomit or mm -hmm. something, it's not so much a to-hit ability. It's usually a just a straight-up save from uh -huh. the opponent's side. And when I first read your notes here, I almost was going to tell you, like, at this point, like, let's change it. Mm -hmm. But then the more I thought about it and remembered what the rest you did here, yeah. I was like, no, Chris knows what he's doing. So. Yeah. Uh, they do have to make a DC Constitution saving throw, or they get a ongoing uh, 1d4 of acid damage. Retake that. You said DC Constitution. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> they got to make a DC 13 constitution saving throw or take an ongoing 1d4 acid damage. They can repeat the save at the end of their turns, but it is an ongoing effect. So I do have a note here. Yeah. Um, in that there, it's a it's a constitution saving throw that they right. can end, and he can only use it, he can only use this attack sometimes. Right. If I were you, I would increase that acid damage. The initial or the ongoing? The ongoing. The ongoing? Yeah, because the, okay. I mean, 1d4 is just no, a drop in the bucket, especially true. with as many opportunities as the player has to avoid, get over, or just not okay. be able, like the, the the flymonoid not being able to do anything. Yeah, okay. It, so. so do you think like 2d4? Or is that even too low? I would say this needs to be at minimum 4d4. 4d4? Um, wow. Or, well... <laughs> that's at minimum that's what i would say like to me it's like this yeah. this should be his coup de gras yeah no this that should makes be sense his you know the, the flymanoid is not a he's not a bugbear he's not no. a, a goblin he's not a run-of-the-mill just like fodder enemy mm -hmm. for the characters to fight this should be something that they have to contend with and if he can only use this ability once every you know five or six turns um, on average yeah and they have the opportunity to not only avoid this but also get over it quick it needs to be dissolving them fast okay. it needs to make this dangerous no that that makes sense like that's my always my major weakness with designing this stuff is I pull my punches too much right no and and again I will reiterate that when you're on that line of whether to make, like, you're, you're afraid of making it too powerful, you're probably not there yet. Yeah. Especially since, uh, for one, Challenger isn't a bullshit. This but, is true. And for two, players will surprise the DMs. Yeah. Almost universally. And if you think the monster is too powerful, guess what? You're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> if you think the monster's too weak, then yeah, it'll wreck the shit out of them. Yeah. But if you think that it's too, too strong... Push it just a little further. Yeah, I, I, I really need to work on that. I know that's my biggest, <laughs> like, weakness when I'm designing these things, but... Yeah, that's I, why you've got me. Yeah, I tend to think of it more from the, the player's perspective, where it's like, wow, that seems like a ton of damage. I would not like that. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, no, and, and I get that, but I, I see it from the DM's perspective, right. where it's like, I look at this thing going, 
my players are going to walk all over this and it's not going to be leave a lasting impression right. at all. And you also have to consider that a monster is fighting a group of adventurers, not just one. Yeah. And taking one adventurer out of the out of the uh, the fight, doing a ton of damage to that one, yeah. is not an end. You know, and the end game. That is a memorable and dangerous encounter. That is the encounter that players will be like, "Oh, oh God, don't let it hit you!" Oh my God, yeah. and that's where it gets the franticness. And trust me, as a DM, I live for that. Okay. So, all right then. Anything else you would change about this guy? Uh... The only other note that I have, but it would probably necessitate just reworking the entire thing, mm-hmm. and I don't really want to do that, especially since this one is yours and you had a, a vision for him, mm-hmm. is uh, I would honestly have changed his challenge rating a little higher to give room for the first several stages that we could kind of explore yeah. in. But at the same time... I had thought about that, but like we never really see any of the other forms do anything action-y, really, other than gymnastics. That's fair. And then, honestly, yeah. like, at that point, the only thing that I would know, unless you're planning on, like, Critter Kibble zing the mm-hmm. rest of these, take out the Stage 5 in the name. Because that that is, mm-hmm. in terms of D&D, in terms of role-playing, that implies that there are other stages, yeah. and if we don't include those other stages, then that is kind mm-hmm. of misleading and uh, just not... It, it, it's misleading and pointless to me. But other than that... I think he did a fantastic job, and I love it. All right, I love I love our Brundlefly um, Flamenoid. Yeah, he's a gross he's, man. He's a gross, gross boy, but he's so, our boy. Yes, he is. So, uh, so that that'll wrap that up for this yeah. one. Um, You're up next, Matt. So yeah, uh, continuing our tradition, I'm going to be choosing the next one, and because I've now got a actual list of requests built oh, in, I think we're going to be hitting our next request. This better go. Better than the last one. It will, I assure you. This one is 1997's Mimic by Guillermo del Toro. Okay, fine. I'm happy so, with that one. Yeah. Uh, this is one that I have not ever seen. Mm-hmm. I don't know why it just fell under my radar. Uh, I mean, there's a lot like that. But uh, but yeah, this one was requested and uh, it's a we're going to tackle it. So that's going to be in two weeks. Um, other than that, thank you all for listening. We do really appreciate it as always. Always. And uh you know, if you can reach out to us, give us some feedback. Any feedback is definitely appreciated, uh, at least the constructive, constructive kind. But uh, I, I mean, I've gotten quite a bit of feedback from some of our friends and family mm-hmm. um, on it, and I, I like to think that I'm taking a lot of that into consideration and editing it and working into this. Um, but yeah, keep it coming. We really do appreciate that. Thank you so much. Uh, if you'd like to follow us and shout at us or request some or anything else you can reach out to us on twitter at creature crunch you can also subscribe to our patreon creature crunch on patreon as well uh where we do um companion episodes uh, mm-hmm. actual recorded episodes called critter kibbles where we kind of explore some of the other themes and ideas in some of these um in some of these movies um including stat blocks uh we're even going to be covering races mm-hmm. and uh, magic items, subclasses, the, the whole thing. Yep. Um, and uh, by the time this episode comes out, we've it'll be implemented by quite a few times, but they're about half hour long usually. Um, but yeah, you can hit us up on those, get some extra extra fun there. Uh, we really do appreciate that. We've also got some other Patreon exclusive things planned that we'd like to implement mm-hmm. eventually. Um, and then finally, if you don't want to reach us out, or it, finally, if you aren't, um, if you don't want to give us money, and if you don't want to 
to social medias. You can reach us at uh, CreatureCrunchPodcast at gmail.com as well. Um, Chris, uh, do you have anything you want to plug or uh, tell tell the, the people where they can find you? Uh, not at this time because I have been very sick lately and haven't had time to actually advance on any of the projects I want to do. Um, I'm working on stuff. I'm excited. Hopefully you're not sick anymore. Uh, no, no. I'm... <laughs> <laughs> After the past week, I am permanently sick. Well, hopefully it's not debilitating. Okay. <laughs> so, so where can we find you, Chris? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at the library C. That's C E E. And you can find me at uh, on Twitter at Danny underscore Hamsteak. So yeah, thank you very much for joining us. We really do appreciate it. Um, and uh, we will see you guys next time. Yep, where we will be talking about a mimic. Not not the mimic that, not the D and D. Goodbye. What do you-